0: G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to jump into six more of your questions that were sent in on the Instagram page. Uh, a bit of a random podcast thrown together, all sorts of different questions here. Given my live reaction, haven't really planned any of these out and there's one coming that I know is going to be pretty difficult. Uh, our first one comes from Lockie006. Thank you for sending in your question, Lockie. Uh, what will Verils do in 2022? A very interesting one for me and one that I'm going to be watching very closely over the next few weeks in particular and I'll explain why. Our next question, will be from Toddy Hill. He says, can you give your thoughts on Wade Egan? I want to play him over Harry Grant for Supercoach Classic. Have a look at Wade Egan from an NRL perspective and then from a Supercoach perspective as well. Next one comes from Nisbet PT. He says, CHT or Cody for the Warriors 6. We've actually got a reel dropping on Instagram talking about that later today, but we'll answer that. Uh, And from Will.h.homer, I think it is, best player to miss a 17 in the NRL this year. That one's going to be tough for me. Uh, A lot of options there, a lot of guys to go through. So we'll get stuck into that one. The uh, the second last question, sorry, comes from the underscore white underscore giant 109. Uh, if Reed stays fit, does Mitch Rain play this year? An interesting one, the Mitch Rain signing by the Parramatta Eels. We'll take a deep dive into that one as well. Obviously, Reed Marnie's leaving at the end of the year, so it is an interesting one. And the last one comes from Sam Schmaltz. Uh, o- Olakatoa or Kulamantungi? Who is closer to a Blues jersey? An interesting one there. So six questions. We're going to dive into all of those now on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Thank you to all those guys for sending those questions in. Always appreciate your engagement in the content. Let's go to the first one, though. Locky Dot 006. What will Verils do in 2022? Now, Sammy Verils. He is a guy that at the Sydney Roosters looks a little bit stranded to me. Connor Watson, he walks into the building this year. We know that he's going to be a utility, but... He can also play nine, and he's pretty damn handy at nine too, just quietly. So has Connor Watson come to the Sydney Roosters to sit on the bench and be a utility? The other problem is with Connor Watson is that his best positions are probably 13 and nine. He can also play six, fullback. He can play a few different positions, but... When you look at the makeup of the Roosters side, he's not going to be the fullback. James Sedesco's there. They're not going to take Teddy off at any point for Connor Watson to come on as a sub fullback. He's not going to play 13. He might play a little bit at 13, but you would have to assume that Victor Radley, I think is one of the more important players in the Roosters team. I can't see him playing less than 50 minutes. So you might see Connor Watson come on to play 30 minutes of lock, but I think he'd want to play more minutes. I don't think he's going to play in the hard. You've got Sammy Walker. You've got Luke Kirie If there's an injury there, he's probably the next man up, and he probably is next man up for Lock 5'8", and Hooker. You've got Sam Verrills at Hooker at the moment. Now, a lot of people talking down Sam Verrills. Look, he has had a number of injuries over the last few years. You've got to remember, uh, what was it, 2019? Uh, He was the first try scorer in the grand final, yeah? He is a guy that can play Sam Verrills. I know Matty Johns has always held Sam Verrills in a very high regard. He can play. Uh, I don't think we've seen the best out of him because of injuries over the last two years or so, but the other layer to this, of course is that 2023, who walks into the building then? Brandon Smith, he's the reigning Dally M hooker of the year. I think he'll play a lot of 13 this year down in the Melbourne Storm, but you can bet your dick once he arrives at the Sydney Roosters, he will be playing hooker again. So all of a sudden, Sam Verrills has gone from... The number one choice at hooker at the Roosters once Jake Friend retired to potentially being behind Connor Watson definitely being behind Brandon Smith next year where does this leave him for me I cannot see him at the Roosters next year I cannot see a world where Sam Beryls is still playing for the Sydney Roosters in 2023 once you've got Brandon Smith and you've got Connor Watson in the side I just can't see it I think the writing's on the wall for Sam Beryls what does that mean for him this year? Will say is this. The Roosters haven't released their trial team for this week yet. I believe they play Friday night against the Canberra Raiders off the dome at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, they haven't released that side yet. They probably they, they might have released it by the time you'll you're listening to this, so it will be interesting. But we've got to remember. Sam Verrill's is actually going to miss round one. Now, round one, the Sydney Roosters, they take on the Newcastle Knights at the SCG. I think it's Saturday or Sunday afternoon. I think it's an afternoon game anyway. It's going to be a dry track. We assume it'll be a dry track. We know what the Roosters are like at the SCG. This will also be the Newcastle Knights' first game without Mitchell Pearce, without Jaden Braley. I am really worried that the Roosters could put on a bit of a cricket score here. It'll be their first game back with Luke Keary and a couple of other stars. They'll be welcoming Connor Watson. Now you would assume with Sam Verrill suspended. The most obvious choice to play hooker will probably be Connor Watson, and I think the Roosters will really get on the front foot here. I think they'll put in a really good performance. We saw how they started last season and how Luke Kirri started last season; they were unbelievable. So for me, I think the Roosters win. I think they win big in round one against the Newcastle Knights. Connor Watson coming up against his former club—I am sure he will be in for a big game, and it's a really good opportunity for Connor Watson to stand up and say, hey, I should be the starting nine in this side this year. I can play 14. I can play that role for you. But I should be an 80-minute hooker in this team. So I'm worried that in a game that the Roosters could really dominate in, maybe... Connor Watson could win that nine jersey, leaving Sam Verrills sort of out in the cold. We will see. It's only one game. That's There's no doubt about that. But if we get through the trials over the next two weeks, I think the Chooks have got three trials. Uh, or, and Connor Watson is definitely the better nine from those trials. And he gets the opportunity in round one. All of a sudden, Sammy Verrills could find himself in a bit of Barney rubble very quickly. I wouldn't be surprised... Sam Beryls does finish the 2022 season elsewhere. Uh, I'm sure at some point there will be injuries this season and there will be a lot of clubs that will be keen to get their hands on a hooker like Sammy Beryls. I do think he's still got a long career in the NRL. As I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he's somewhere else by the end of 2022, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he finishes the year with the Sydney Roosters. But I can't see him being there in 2023. I personally don't see the Roosters spending the cap space on him. When you think about the other guys they've got in the club, That can play nine There was a couple of guys That stepped up last year That can handle the role You've got Brandon Smith coming You've got Conor Watson. You've also got Victor Radley who can jump in there and do a job. You've got guys like Adam Kieran who have played it in reserve great and handled themselves. I just don't think the Roosters can afford to carry this guy realistically. As good as he might be, I think he will bounce back. I think he will have a good NRL career, but I don't think it's going to be at the Roosters. So I think for someone, he will be a really good signing heading into 2023. Not sure which club it will be. I think he is from uh, the Northern Beaches sort of area, off the top of the dome there, Sammy Verrill. So... You know, whether he's willing to move to a Dolphins he could find his way up to Brisbane the Warriors we're going to talk about Wade Egan soon he might be an option there there's a couple of clubs that definitely do need hookers uh, so he will find an opportunity somewhere it just depends where that might be so that's my thoughts on Sam Beryl's mate I can't see him I can see him being at the Roosters this year I think he's at big risk of missing out on this side altogether if Connor Watson hits the ground running which I think he probably will and I think that the platform is laid for Connor Watson to hit the ground running so an interesting year for Sam Barrels, as far as his career goes I'm pretty confident he will not be in Bondo Junction next year though I think he will leave and I think he will go elsewhere and I think he will be a good buy for someone thanks for sending that one in Locky006 appreciate that brother next one comes from Toddy Hill can you give your thoughts on Wade Egan I want to play him over Grant for Supercoach Classic. All right, let's talk Wade Egan just from a rugby league perspective. He's a guy that came through the Penrith Panthers system. I was very high on him. I loved him coming through the juniors. Uh, He arrived in first grade. He did well at the Panthers. He wasn't sensational. He then moved to the New Zealand Warriors. Um, And look, he's been good. Uh, I wouldn't say he's been great there. He's been good. Uh, He averages about 70 minutes a game throughout last season. Vast majority of the time he played 80 minutes. The back end of the season, he wasn't doing the full 80. He was playing about 60 minutes or so. Um, Look, I think Wade Egan is a good hooker, but he's not a great hooker for me. For me, it's a spot that I think I'd be looking to upgrade on at the New Zealand Warriors. I know they went into the market for Brandon Smith. They missed out on him, obviously. Personally... I would be leaning towards Cody Nicarima. At absolute minimum, I would be playing Cody Nicarima for some portion of the game at hooker. I'm happy to leave Wade Egan on the field for the 50-odd minutes, but then you bring on Cody Nicarima for a bit of impact. Wade Egan's a very good defender. He doesn't offer a heap with the ball. Attacking stats-wise, he didn't get a heap last year. Uh, That's the sort of player Wade Egan is, though. I think there's a role for him in this side, but for me, I'm not convinced that he's an 80-minute hooker. Now, if Cody Nicarima gets the 5'8 jersey, if he wins that jersey at the New Zealand Warriors all of a sudden Wade Egan looks more likely to play 80 minutes. Uh, Chanel Harris, david Ash Taylor neither really stand out to me as a, as a quality hooker to bring on. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Interesting with Wade Egan. I'm not really sure where he sits. We're hearing that Cody Nicarima could potentially play fullback for the first two rounds to replace Reece Walsh. Uh, so that would help the cause of Wade Egan there. Look super coach wise um, It's a no-go from me, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, The guy, he still averaged 50 Supercoach points last year. Uh, when he plays 80 minutes, uh, you know, he's looking at about 45 base. He doesn't have a heap of attacking upside. I just, I, I can't really see Wade Egan. If he plays 80 minutes, I can't see him going over... 60 points a game, to be honest with you. So from a classic perspective, I really don't think there's that much to gain. I don't think his jersey is overly safe. I think there's so many guys in this team that they're trying to fit in because they're really talented. For example, a Cody Nicarima that I'm just not confident he plays 80 minutes the entire season. And yes, he played 80 minutes on a number of occasions last year, but he also played less than 80 minutes on a heap of occasions as well, including um, the last... What is it, five or six games where he was playing less minutes? So, and like, I, I, they were pretty off Cody Nicorema at the end of the year, seemingly. He's come in and had a really good game and he's all stars. It just doesn't, I don't know. This one just doesn't really make sense to me, to be honest with you, mate. Wade Egan isn't a guy I would be considering, uh, but. You've got to back your gut in in Supercoach Classic. I might not be the right guy to be asking about this, uh, but for me, it's a no-go. I would go with Harry Grant over him. Harry Grant will miss the first week. uh, Then he will come back in, and I think Harry Grant uh, is going to be your guy. When you look at Harry Grant's numbers uh, last year, finished the season with an average of 74 when he was averaging uh, 60 minutes. For me, I think he can improve on that a lot. I think he can push his average up to probably 80 points a game if he plays the full 80 minutes, which I'm sort of anticipating that he will. In saying that, I anticipated that he would do that last year as well. So, interesting times. Uh, Only played the full 80 minutes once last year. Came up with a score of 97. Did score a try in that, to be fair. Uh, But he is a guy with a heap of upside. Harry Grant playing in a good side. He's a good support player. He's going to score a lot of tries. He's going to set up a lot of tries as well. I've said for a while, I think he's the best dummy half in rugby league. I still stand by that, and I think he's going to show that over the next few years. For the sake of him missing one game against the West Tigers, uh, it doesn't really push me to... Wade Egan of all people to be honest with you mate so probably better off asking some of the super coach classic experts out there but for me uh, that's a hard pass from me thank you for that question Toddy Hill appreciate that one mate next one comes from Nisbet PT we're still talking New Zealand Warriors here uh, CHT or Cody Nikorima for the Warriors 6 once again we're talking Cody Nikorima here I think that he played really well in that all stars game we know what Cody Nikorima is all about I think he would handle himself very well if he was to be put in the 5'8 jersey whether he is or not remains be seen. I know for a fact that when they signed Sean Johnson last year, they were moving Chanel Harris-Tavita into the sixth jersey to prepare him for this season. It seemed like at the back end of the season, though, they went off him a little bit. They definitely went off Cody Nicarima. So, interesting to see how this plays out. They also, in the offseason, signed Ash Taylor, a guy that uh, Isbet PT did not mention here. I really do think he's a chance to start in the sixth jersey. I believe, I haven't had a look at it yet, but I'm pretty sure... Off the dome, he's been named at halfback this week for their first trial. So good signs there from Ash Taylor. Uh, We've seen CHT in the All-Stars last week. He was good without being great in tough conditions. We saw Cody Nicarima. He was pretty damn good in that game. So I would say right now, Nicarima is probably in front. But Ash Taylor, as as I've said all year, they didn't need to sign Ash Taylor. They've got so many guys in this squad that can play 5'8". There was no reason to sign Ash Taylor, and they decided to. So it means that on his training trial, he must have shown something that impressed this side. Yeah, they do not need him. Ash Taylor needs the Warriors more than the Warriors need Ash Taylor but he must have impressed them enough for them to look at him and to grab him. So one to keep an eye on there. Do not rule Ash Taylor out. If I had to if I had to put it, you know, one, two, three at the moment, I would probably have to go Cody Nicarima. I'd probably have to go CHT because he has been there before. He's done a job for them. He's been there a couple of years. He's used to their systems. Then I would go Ash Taylor. But I'll tell you what, If Ash Taylor is the best man during the trials, which there's an argument that he's probably the most talented guy there, along with probably Cody Nicarima, but at his absolute best, I think Ash Taylor can be the most talented guy there. It just depends whether he's got his head on or not. And, of course, they will be partnering Sean Johnson. So, for me, I think Sean Johnson will make the final call. I still think Cody Nicarima would probably be the favorite, but based on how they used him last year, God knows what they're going to do with Cody Nicarima. Really tough one. Really hard to say when the Warriors haven't played a trial game yet, when Sean Johnson hasn't put that jersey on yet. So just watch it over the next few weeks. But Ash Taylor, named in the seven this week. Interesting to see how he goes. Do not rule him out of contention for that sixth jersey. It would not shock me in the slightest if... We get to round one and Ash Taylor is lining up next to Sean Johnson and then we have Cody Nicarima at 14 and potentially CHT misses the side. That's the other thing. One of them will probably land in the 14 jersey. I think Cody Nicarima is probably the best guy for the 14 jersey. So that might play against him as well. So a lot of water to go under the Warriors bridge there. Definitely one to watch in trials very closely. And next one comes from Will H. Homer. He says, best player to miss a 17 in the NRL this year. I'll tell you what, it could be a Cody Nicarima or a Chanel Harris Tavita. They would have to to be right up there I think a couple of guys at the Roosters like Egan Butcher if they miss out that'll be a pretty tough pill to swallow a uh, couple of guys up at the Broncos there's going to be one of I would say Tyson Gamble uh, Albert Kelly or Billy Walters that misses out. That'd be a pretty tough one, The pretty quality player missing out on that side somewhere. Uh, There's a couple of young guns over at Manly that are probably going to miss their side. Josh Alloyer, I'm not sure if he's going to make their team. He'd be in mine, but whether he is in theirs or not. So there are a heap of guys in this competition that are going to be missing their side uh, when they probably should be in first grade. Canterbury, Their depth is unreal. Like guys like Braden Burns, Paul Alamotti, they're not going to be in this side. Uh, Jackson Topene, he might miss out on this side as well. Down at the Canberra Raiders, a couple of injuries probably make it a little bit easier, but you would have to think that a star-studded centre, one of Sebastian Chris or Tomoko, will be missing that side as well. Harley Smith Shields would have made it a a little bit more difficult, but he's obviously done his ACL, unfortunately. Uh, The Tigers, they have a bit of depth as well. So there's a number of sides in this competition Um, that are going to be leaving really quality players out of their starting 17, especially at the start of the season when you have got less injuries, as niggles start to edge into the game and whatnot, uh, you will see more and more guys that will be playing first grade, but at the start it's really tough, Uh, a lot of quality guys that will be missing out on sides, same as the Melbourne Storm, a heap heap of depth down there, a heap of good guys that'll be missing that team too, so off the dome, bit of a hard question to answer, the Dragons, my god look, look at the depth over the Dragons, there'll be a heap of guys that could miss out on that side that definitely should be in first grade. Jordan Piera he wasn't in the side last year which really did blow me away. Bud Sullivan he's probably a good shout from the Dragons as a guy that will probably miss their 17 I think who definitely should be there for me. So heap of guys uh, to have a look at there. Heap of guys to keep an eye on that will be missing their 17s. Let's move to our last question here. Thank you for that one Will. Appreciate it mate. Bit of a tough one there. Our last question comes from the underscore Wyatt underscore giant 109 uh if reed marnie stays fit does mitch rain play this year this is another guy uh you know young not young mitch rain good on you mitch rain i mean older mitch rain uh he's obviously another guy that i don't think is going to make start a starting 17 for the paramount eels this year another really quality player no mate i don't think mitch rain will play much rugby league this year i don't really see a world where they're playing reed marnie for less than 80 minutes i know he's leaving at the end of the year but Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I just think he's too much of a talented nine and, and too good in that team, too important to that side to not play him. The only way I see Mitch Rain playing NRL this year is if Reid Marney gets injured. Or if he plays Origin or something like that. I just I just think at the back end of the season, the Parramatta Eels, they will be competing for a top four spot. They will be playing finals footy, in my opinion. So I don't think there will be a time where they start to ease Reed Marnie out of the side and give Mitch Rain an opportunity. The other layer to this is that Josh Hodgson is going to be there next year anyway. So it's not like they're setting Reed Marnie up for an opportunity to play next year. Josh Hodgson will be the nine. That is the reality of the situation. I personally think they've just brought uh, Mitch Rain to the club because of what happened last year when... when when Reed Marnie got injured, they were sort of left just standing there, holding their dick essentially, with not much to do. They had Ray Stone there, who did a good job, but he's not a specialist nine. He's, you know, he's a guy that you know you could argue he struggled in the back end of that finals game as he should. He didn't get to play reserve grade all year. Then all of a sudden, he was an 80-minute hooker against the Penrith Panthers, a very, very tough gig. So I think Mitch Rain, he's a bit of cover just in case they have injuries, because it did come back to bite them in the ass last year so hard. So for me, mate, I don't see Mitch Rain playing much first grade this year. Year. he might not play any first grade and that's nothing against mitch ray and it's just the reality of the situation he is he is in i just think he is depth cover for reed marnie in case he goes down once again uh thank you for that question the underscore white underscore giant 109 our last one comes from sam schmaltz he says olikowatu or column who is closer to a blues jersey now the obvious answer is Colum and Tungy because he was the 18th man last year. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair argument. If you told me it was Colum and Tungy, I wouldn't push back on you. But I'll tell you what, I think I'd be leaning to Ola Now, what I will say, in defense of Colum and Tungy, I watched him come through reserve grade and everything. And, you know, he, he's always been a very talented player. He's got a lot more attacking upside than what you've seen. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, he's landed on the South Sydney left edge. He's played his role brilliantly. He runs a brilliant decoy. He always hits his line. He's always where he needs to be. Defensively, he's fantastic. But the reality is that unless Benji Marshall was on the field, or the only times when he got the ball was when Benji Marshall was on the field, they tend to go out the back to Cody Walker, and Colin had to play his role every single time, and he nails it every single time, but you probably haven't seen the true attacking upside of this guy. Hopefully they change their rugby league a little bit this year, and you do get to see him get more involved, but we have seen Oluquatu out on the right edge with Daly Cherry Evans be utilised properly, and my god, he has just been a wrecking ball. He has been sensational. So, end answer this question I would say Coleman is probably closer because he was the 18th 19th man uh last year for Brad Fittler he's already shown his hand and shown that he is interested in this guy but Ola Kawatu I think he probably has got a little bit more upside because he has been utilized in a better fashion at the Manly Seagulls so far tough one Coleman and Tungy's obviously got the experience of a grand final now which he handled really well as well so uh, a lot to go into that one as I said on paper you're looking at Coleman and but I'll tell you what it's really close for me I would probably lean to Olukowatu as being the next guy to get called up but Freddie's obviously shown his hand as I said he likes Coleman and tongue-y. he has already brought him into the camp so that is probably saying a lot about that question thank you for that one Sam Schmoltz really hard one to answer I don't think there's a wrong answer I don't think there's a right answer either to be honest with you two supremely talented young back rowers in our game who have got big futures in the NRL thank you to Lockie Toddy Nisbet Will the White Giant And Sam Schmaltz for your questions, guys. We'll try and get another one of these done over the next day or so. We're going away tomorrow uh, down the south coast for a wedding, so I will try and squeeze as much content in for you guys as we can. Later this afternoon, I will go through the rest of the trial teams that have been named over the last 24 hours. We did four of them yesterday: Melbourne Storm, South Sydney, North Queensland, and the Canterbury Bulldogs. We'll get stuck into the rest of them over the next 24 hours for you guys.